Welcome to IO Talks, your source for real talks with real builders in the blockchain and IoT industry. I'm your host, Larry. As a blockchain platform, IOTEX is lucky to meet IoT companies, protocols, and dApps from around the world. IO Talks is our way of inviting you into these conversations and bringing you closer than ever to the action. No white papers, no hype, just real talks with real innovators. Today's IO Talks is all about the past, present, and future of connectivity. With new connectivity technologies like 5G and LoRaWAN emerging, the world is now more connected than ever. So how does blockchain fit into this picture, and what's possible at the intersection of blockchain, IoT, and connectivity? We dig into these questions and more with our guests Bruce Lee and Alan Dixon from NKN. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to IO Talks. I'm here with Bruce and Alan from NKN. And we're very lucky to have these guys today to talk about the past, present, and future of connectivity in both the traditional and the blockchain world. So, you know, just to start, you want to introduce yourself and uh, a little bit about NKN. So, um, I'm Alan Dixon. I'm VP of Business Development for NKN. You know, from that perspective, I, I kind of focus on trying to build out this um, blockchain company, you know, in terms of reaching out to service providers, different technology companies, things like that to really figure out our place in the market. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Bruce and I'm the co-founder of NKN. So basically we have some really technical co-founders. They do the heavy lifting of buildings. So my job is to work with Alan to really look at the business and op operational side. So um, Larry, you, you mentioned what is NKN, right? So NKN is basically a uh, 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 overlay peer-to-peer -peer kind of transmission system that uh, encourage people to share their unused uh, data transmission and connectivity. In return, they will get token reward. Mm -hmm. So that's on the fundamentally that's what NKN is about. Absolutely, and yeah. we'll dive much deeper into that throughout the conversation. <laughs> but sure. you know, I thought this was a great podcast to do because first of all, we're neighbors in Silicon Valley, <laughs> uh, good friends that have done proof of concepts before, but also yep. because connectivity and IoT are so interrelated in right. a lot of ways. And you guys know this firsthand. You guys both kind of came from the traditional enterprise world at Nokia. Um, you guys want to maybe share you know, what your role in the traditional world was, as well as uh, some of your experiences at Nokia. Right. So for me, I actually started out as a hardcore engineer mm -hmm. <laughs> at Motorola. Uh, so I worked on a lot of mobile network infrastructure, mm -hmm. you know, things from uh, base stations and routers and things like that. Uh, but at Nokia, I actually moved into more of a partner management and a business development role. Where was re really reaching out to a lot of startups, seeing how we could use technologies uh, better in some of the solutions that, that Nokia had at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got a chance to look at a lot of different uh, areas, including IoT, including security. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about some of the uh, some of the uh, radio type uh, technologies a little bit later. Yeah. But but also um, just just uh, an opportunity to see what technologies could do and how those could be bring to market, how it could really be disruptive for telecom. Yeah, yeah, Alan is a little bit modest. I think he was the partner manager for Apple account and for Amazon account as yeah. well. Yep. He always get the coolest device first before anybody else see awesome. the, uh, yes. the yes. devices. So that's kind of great to help us to reach out to the large partnership we are going to uh, work on. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. So now it's almost like the flip side. It's almost like startups reaching out to the traditional enterprises, right? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yep. Yeah, because I think the, the big companies like the telcos and uh, the, uh, the equipment vendors, they are kind of 
I would say dinosaur-like. Mm -hmm. they, they like to change, but the pace is very slow right. because of the size of the company, the industry they are in, and uh, the, the pace of R&D as well, specifically. Yeah. So I think the, uh, uh, that's really great to shift into mm -hmm. kind of uh, a startup mode. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's a bit earlier because I did two internal startups with Nokia. Mm -hmm. uh, so actually, that there wh where I found, uh, met uh, our founder, Yan Bo. Mm -hmm. So I was the uh, kind of the product manager and he was the tech lead. Mm -hmm. So it was a really good fit. Uh, we worked together on two projects for eight years. That's great. Yeah. Eight years in the blockchain world is more like <laughs> 80 years. So <laughs> right, you know, how do you compare kind of those you know, industries and maybe first talk about, you know, what was that light bulb moment that you guys had to jump from traditional connectivity more towards blockchain connectivity? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think I'll give an example, the, the kind of internal venture, uh, Yenpo and I were working together. It's a Wi-Fi product. The idea is to uh, outdoor Wi-Fi product that anybody, or small shops or enterprise can put on the street and they become can become a service provider, right? Mm -hmm. So we did lots of innovation technology and everything, but eventually what failed was the business model, mm -hmm. right? So how can a, a individual or a small mom and pop shop provide connectivity service but still have be able to recoup the investment. Mm -hmm. So once we started investing into the fintech and also the blockchain in specific, and we think, oh, now we finally find the business model we have been waiting for. Combined with the technology innovation, I think now we have a chance to really challenge the big guys uh, in this industry. Right. Yeah. Alan, do you want to share more around you know, the kind of this business model that, that Bruce is talking about? Like, who are the players in the connectivity industry, all the way from the users to the big telcos and everyone kind of in between? Yeah. So. <clears throat> so connectivity today, you're, you're right, you know, you have larger players like the service providers that actually provide connectivity solutions. But now you have um, different type of, type of technologies um, in terms of uh, what's happening with IoT right now. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, there's there's kind of more, uh, especially in the radio side with LoRa, for instance, which mm -hmm. is low power radio, um, which is more open, you know, to, to and actually using um, spectrums that are um, unlicensed, mm -hmm. that can actually be much more disruptive in that, that sense. So right. um, people, it, it actually opens up the opportunity for more types of solutions in those kind of areas. Right. So I think that, that's kind of a good starting place there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So IoT and connectivity are more like sister technologies in a lot of ways, right? They mm -hmm. kind of enable one another um, and kind of build out this almost like a network effect right. uh, in a lot of ways. So, you know, can you talk more around, you know, this connection between the Internet of Things and obviously, you know, a lot of IoT devices talk to each other through different connectivity standards like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi mm -hmm. or LoRa, but, you know, what is really the use case for IoT and connectivity? Right, I think IoT have a kind of unique use case because, uh, first of all, there are uh, there are billions of humans, but there are trillions of devices and machines, mm -hmm. right? And they have very different characteristics. Could be a smart meter, which only have a few bytes of data every few hours, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the way to a autonomous driving cars, we have. Uh, terabytes of data maybe within a few seconds, right? Mm -hmm. For example, corner collision avoidance. So it actually have a, uh, a huge need for a, a very robust and also shared uh, networking infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And how can we utilize existing infrastructure, not have to build everything from scratch, right? Because like you mentioned, we have lots of connectivity all the way down to from Zigbee, Bluetooth, all the way to 5G, yeah. which is coming up. So uh, at any point uh, in America or in any part of the world, or most parts of the world, uh, a connectivity is actually not a problem. Mm -hmm. So you have one type of connectivity or another. The problem is really the business model is like a challenging from being shared. So you can utilize the connectivity at that particular spot at that 
time. Right. So I think how to utilize all the different underneath the connectivity for IoT purpose to, to satisfy the billions or trillions of devices. And uh, I think that's kind of a challenge which I think both IOTechs and, uh, and Ken uh, have a mission to achieve. Yeah. And you know, we've kind of already tried to tackle this mission uh, through some proof of concepts that we've done. So right. let's take a flashback <laughs> to October. Uh, seems like so long ago already. Right. But, you yep. know, we've yep. built the great Airbnb of the future use case. Do you want to share with the uh, listeners uh, what exactly that was? Yeah, so we actually had a chance to collaborate with IOTEX to put together that Airbnb of the future. And the idea was really to kind of look at um, how you could use the devices in your home and share them with people that you would rent the house to, right? So you could actually um, unlock the door, you could turn the lights on, you could actually change the temperature you know, in that house, and you could actually offer that as a service to your guests that are staying at your place. Mm -hmm. And so we actually put together, um, you know, using IOTEX's connectivity, or IOTEX's um, interface to IoT devices, using NCAN's smart contract capabilities, as well as NCAN's connectivity to really make that happen. And so we actually were able to take that to a lot of different places. You know, we got, we took it to the Telecom Infrastructure Project uh, Summit in London, uh, went to China, went to Las Vegas, mm -hmm. a lot of different great shows and really great feedback on that. Yeah, right. so like in these kind of interactions, both at conferences and you know, when we talk about this to enterprises, what most interests them about what we brought to the table? There's one, a few use cases they, they are really interested. One is really the security and the verifiability. So one use case actually from the medical industry is the uh, the, the so-called panic button for elderly care, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this button that uh, if Life somebody uh, likely, yeah, you yeah. need to call an emergency, those, those button you can push. But uh, some of the service provider mentioned to us the main challenge is the, the liability. So when this button is pushed, which is a very rare event, but how can we guarantee it's delivered from all, each hop in between, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, you have to go through lots of hops to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Your home connectivity, your, your internet service provider, and to this uh, panic button service provider, and then to ER room, and uh, all the, the whole chain of communication. Each, if each step can be verified and secured, and then I think that will work, mm -hmm. right? So I think from that point of view, security, verifiability, and also a, a, a system that's very robust without single point failure, I think that's the blockchain projects like us bring to the table for them. Yeah. So it sounds like the traditional world, the, the hops that you're mentioning, right. which is very important to NKN's kind of decentralized network, but it sounds like the traditional world is kind of almost those hops are linear, right? right. And if one hop fails, there's no pivot points that they can yeah, really exactly. access, right? So mm -hmm. you guys are trying to change the model right. to provide those pivot points. It's almost like a teamwork right. to get data from one point to another. Correct. Mm -hmm. Do you want to kind of explain kind of how Yeah, I want works? to give an example that uh, actually uh, uh, experiment our CTO Elon has done. So he tried to download a large video file from one server to a client, right? Mm -hmm. And then he discovered the intent of routing architecture today is less than optimal. Mm -hmm. So you get a certain speed, let's say, assume uh, like one, one, one second you can download the data. But by enabling multiple paths uh, by the NKN network and also pick or even combine multiple paths, we can reduce that by half or even more, mm -hmm. so the, the, the latency. So that's how we solve kind of the uh, less optimal internet routing problem mm -hmm. and give the user much better experience, either um, faster bandwidth or a shorter latency. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing I was always wondering is, you know, you guys come from the traditional enterprise space, right? Um, and when you go back into those kind of enterprise environments, like take us through that meeting, like what, what's the <laughs> pitch? I don't have been to many of these. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it, it, first of all, it's education. Uh -huh. 
-huh. you know um, you know they've heard of blockchain they they, they want to see how what kind of use cases really apply for them for mm -hmm. service providers and we're talking about that area so a lot of it is you know we educate them about that and of course about our solution and how we kind of meet those demands yeah. and there and there's actually already some use cases that are actually developed for telecom now mm -hmm. things like identity things about uh, especially um, things like roaming and billing mm -hmm. those are kind of use cases that are being really developed that really showcases how blockchain itself can actually help the telecom industry right yeah right and also that the enterprise might be large have 50 or 60 thousand people they're quite often there are maybe 10 or even five or maybe uh, five people they're advocates right mm -hmm. they're deep into blockchain technology they are technology enthusiasts they might even has experiment with something yeah. so those are actually our champions to get into the larger organization yeah, yeah. yeah. very rare to find once you <laughs> find a champion at those organizations right really, really so there are for. there are there and actually a lot of service providers do have a small group within them that right. actually are championing those blockchain projects yeah right. I mean, are they collaborative? Like, I've heard that a lot of people are just working on their own kind of initiatives, you know, behind the scenes. It seems like almost many, many major uh, enterprises have their own blockchain coalitions to really build out or research. So right. have you gotten a chance to interact with any of those folks? Or Yeah, we have. I mean, um, for example, some of the large telecom uh, carriers, like Telefonica, British Telecom, they all have a group uh, researching that. Yeah. And, um, and so is Nokia and companies like Quinn Vendors. So, I think uh, one of the kind of the idea we had was called the Telecom Blockchain uh, Alliance, right? Yeah. So we we were trying to see if we can pull the resource together and the enthusiasts from each of the company together mm -hmm. and work. Uh, so that's the reason also why we are uh, part of the Telecom Infrastructure Project, right? So there's a few kind of innovation kind of department from those uh, enterprises. Mm -hmm. They can come together and build up something together. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's jump more into what NKN is doing, right? So. You, know, you guys are this P2P decentralized mm -hmm. connectivity network that kind of uh, lets people share their unutilized bandwidth, right? right? So I've been thinking about this kind of equation a lot around the supply and the demand. You have projects like, for example, Filecoin, right. really hot project for the past few years, but it's almost like the supply is almost a commodity now, storage, mm -hmm. right? Decentralized storage, available on IPFS, available on other alternatives. So, you know, from your perspective, what is that supply and demand equation, and how do you think about really balancing it? Right. So I'll stop maybe. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So I think um, back to the file uh, storage, I think still, even though there's lots of supply, but you still have to pay quite a bit of money if you have lots of data stored, right? Mm -hmm. Either uh, iCloud uh, subscription or the Google Cloud subscription, if you have lots of video or photos, it can get expensive, uh, even though it's a few dollars a month. So that's one side of it. So I think people do still have insatiable needs of the uh, storage or networking, right? Mm -hmm. So the needs, I think, is increasing. Let's get back to connectivity. So I think still, uh, most of the time I would wish my phones or my uh, laptop uh, Wi-Fi card can have higher speed, right? Mm -hmm. So I can do my things faster and more efficient. Mm -hmm. So from that point, I think the demand is still growing. And that's also why people are spending billions and billions of dollars building the 5G network, right. which is kind of uh, building more capacity. Mm -hmm. Now from the supply side, so there are still the existing carriers building out the capacity, right? But this is very much still kind of limited. Uh, I think one of the things you can solve even in the short term is how can we unlock, unblock those uh, capacity that have been wasted today. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, most network builds are for the peak performance. So uh, at any moment, 50 to 60% of network capacity is being wasted 
right? Mm -hmm. So if you unlock that, then even without investing in new infrastructure, you already have much better performance today. Everybody have, but you right. need to have this sharing kind of economy or mechanism uh, underneath it to enable right. that. Also, the crypto economic incentives to really power that. So you know, you guys have already thousands of nodes right. kind of deployed, running NKN protocol. So. Mm -hmm. Um, tell us about that journey around, you know, how you got started with that and how everyone is contributing to the network. Right. I think uh, in the beginning, it's of course, the uh, some kind of technology enthusiast. They just want to try out like uh, <laughs> uh, how things work, just like people in the early 2000 mm -hmm. to build their own website, right? Yeah. And then uh, after that, I think we introduced a, uh, a token incentive mechanism. So even for testnet, uh, the testnet token can be converted to the mainnet token at a certain ratio. Mm -hmm. So once that economic incentive is in place, I think more and more people start to kind of uh, build their uh, kind of full consensus nodes just for profit purpose, mm -hmm. right? Not purely for technology purpose. And uh, but we have to enable those people who are not so technical uh, savvy, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the reason uh, Alan has been and Elon has been working a lot on the one-click solution, right? right. On all the cloud it's platforms, on AWS, on AWS yeah. Google Cloud, and DigitalOcean, and, digital well. yep. and so have one-click. And we also do in-house, so you can do one-click on home computers. If you have Mac or Linux or Windows 10, you can do one-click. And in addition, recently we have been doing lots of Wi-Fi router integration. Mm -hmm. So now we have at least uh, the open WRT-based routers and uh, two other different Wi-Fi routers. You can also have one-click solution. Yeah. So then it's very low cost of uh, building a consensus node. Yeah. So yeah. important to make it kind of very easy to use at one click, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You tell us about that journey about getting NKN on AWS and these other <laughs> cloud providers and kind of what the the real purpose is, um, like what the the benefit to um, the, the users is for having it in AWS. It's kind of like the balance of uh, centralized versus decentralized a little bit, right? Well, it is and it isn't. So, so you know, we saw that a lot of people wanted to run our nodes, you know, but you had to be a little bit geeky to run them, <laughs> right. you know, in the early days. You know, right. you there was there was a lot of instructions. You had to you know start up a Linux instance and do a lot of different things to it. So we really wanted a way for people that were just fans of NKN or fans of what we were doing in general that really wanted to participate in that, yeah. right? And so by doing so, you know, by by having a one-click market or have, having our node in all these different marketplaces. Mm -hmm. It allows them to run it on whatever platform that they're most interested in, right? right. If, they're, if they're comfortable with AWS, they can run it there. If they're comfortable with DigitalOcean, they can run it there. Yeah. And so we try to make it as easy as possible, such that it literally on DigitalOcean, it is a one-click. Yeah. You press one button, it launches a droplet, it, it runs runs a node, it downloads the code, it runs everything there. Mm -hmm. And you, you if you have, you know, if you're able to get your wallet, you can actually see that actually the the incentives come in and actually see how you're getting rewarded for that. Yeah. And it's a great thing. Yeah. yeah. I want to add one more point. So because Google and Amazon, they are big companies, right? Mm -hmm. So to get this legitimacy or the understanding how a full consensus run, right? Mm -hmm go through their approval process, talk to the tech team and business team, that's hugely valuable, right? Yeah. They understand, okay, blockchain is not just like uh, Bitcoin and you mining have to use A6, you burn tons of energy. Actually, you can do lots of useful things, but while still provide this full consensus, right? right. So that's, I think, uh, is very important for us and because then the Amazon, the Google relationship will help us to build our things in the future. Mm -hmm. But you also think about the practical things that are gonna be, um, already starting to happen in the traditional world and um, make more sense, honestly, in the decentralized world. And one mm -hmm. of those things is PubSub, which you guys just launched, right? right. So 
PubSub kind of is the, the published subscribe model where it's almost like 5G in a way. It's like multiple input, multiple <laughs> output. output right? yeah. So do you t tell us more about PubSub and why it's important for, for NKN? Yeah, I think PubSub, it, even though it's actually uh, probably most of the developer knows, but it's not a household name, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, give it a more concrete example. For example, a group chat is a PubSub, a typical PubSub use case, right? right. The reason is uh, if I'm part of the group chat, when I'm sending out a message, all I need to know is the group name is called IO Talk, right? Mm -hmm. Not all the people inside, because the people in it might be coming and leaving, right? right? So I don't have to send individual message to everybody, mm -hmm. right? Same with the people who are on the receiving end. Uh, so that's one use case. And if you look at most website and uh, uh, smartphones today, uh, the smartphone app, they always have a chat bubble, right? Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to have a advice about buying the things or do you need the technical support, right? Mm -hmm. So those are chat bubble typically are run on top of PubSub right. service. And that's one. And then another thing is probably related to IoTex, right? Mm -hmm. So the IoT perspective. Mm -hmm. So all IoT devices providing or will creating a real-time stream of data. Yeah. And that data can be consumed by different things. Could be the user have a smartphone want to monitor it. Could be a, a back-end machine learning algorithm try to figure out the best things uh, uh, the uh, uh, algorithm out of those data, right? Mm -hmm. So then if you have a PubSub kind of uh, service, then you can decouple the send and the receiver. So for IoT data and control. And th the last one is kind of real-time uh, uh, price information. Mm -hmm. Could be for crypto token price information right. or could be uh, for stock market information. So that enable a very fast real-time uh, message distribution between the publisher and the subscriber. Right. So those are the concrete use cases that PubSub uh, enables mm -hmm. and uh, and also we think NKN is quite uniquely uh, kind of suitable for this purpose because right. we are decentralized and uh, it's a we are a communication network right so we are born to be multi-point to multi-point uh, message sending and right. receiving uh, PubSub in the context of IoT right. how does that really uh, meld together is is my analogy of 5G Mimo kind of similar? Um, a little bit like that. I mean, as, as um, Bruce was talking about earlier, I mean, uh, definitely with IoT, you can have like a lot of different sensors out there because we're talking about mm -hmm. millions of billions of different devices right. where you could actually have them publish data that could be shared among a lot of different groups. You know, you could have uh, anything from municipalities to, in, you know, enterprises look, being able to access that data and use that data for different purposes, yeah. different subscribers. So I think it, it's really a powerful tool in that regard. Yeah. And going back to that question around, you know, one thing I think a lot about is, or one, one, one question we get a lot is, you know, we know the use cases, right? right. And some of them are more exaggerated than some, you know, just for marketing purposes, but right. when it really comes down to defining the business case, right, whether it's cost savings or revenue generating or kind of protecting that from that tail end catastrophic data breach or something like that, that blockchain is uh, somewhat attributed to, you know, how do you think about the business of connectivity? And especially, you know, as some um, older kind of connectivity types are being more commoditized, you know, how do you think about presenting your solution as the future? Right. So I think some of the kind of tangible kind of uh, benefits is uh, uh, one of them is really uh, because we have so many uh, nodes uh, pre present at the global level, right? So every node is kind of edge node, very close to the people who are using the application, right? right. So by that alone, you can actually have very good performance, both in terms of throughput and also latency, right? Mm -hmm. So that people can actually uh, feel ten very tangibly. The second is really cost, I think. Cost alone is not a, pro uh, a solution, but cost is a 
big big uh, factor, big factor right because I, I was uh, running a, a small in-house messaging application mm -hmm. when we were in, in Nokia and we only have a f maybe less than 100 daily active user mm -hmm. that pay an Amazon web service maybe more than five thousand dollars a month right mm -hmm. so but in our case to do the uh, decentralized message distribution, for example, because we got rid of the server and all the nodes are already being incentivized the, by the mining economy already, right? So they are kind of uh, fixed costs already covered by the mining reward. So any money they make out of the, uh, the, the value added service, like PubSub, will be pure profit for them, right? So from that point of view, we can uh, compete with uh, existing uh, solutions with a much lower, maybe 10 times lower or even less kind of price point. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So we talked a lot about um, the past and also the present. Now let's talk more about the future, right? You guys have definitely a lot of interesting things coming up. Uh, the mainnet, uh, a lot of different things. But before we dive into that, I wanted to talk more around, you know, what's going on in the, the future of the connectivity industry. You know, we alluded to some of these revolutionary kind of connectivity standards. Uh, I'm not sure if revolutionary is the right word, but <laughs> 5G is coming. Um, new types of radio, kind of LoRa technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your take on where the industry is trending and what people are really digging their uh, teeth into these days? Well, if you were just to type something on Google, it would be 5G. Yeah. That's what everyone wants to talk about with 5G. Exactly. And to some extent, 5G is an evolutionary um, step to where we are with LTE and things like that right yeah. now. Um, Minimal I, latency, really high bandwidth. And kind of right. ubiquitous kind of uh, connectivity. Right, and I, th I think it, at some, some places, you know, they're still trying to figure out what that killer use case for 5G is going to be, you know. Um, but I think having it out there and having that kind of bandwidth available, that kind of latency available, yeah. should spark some new kind of applications that go along with it as well. Yeah, I saw a really cool demo the other day. It was kind of like a video where one was running on a traditional network and one was mm -hmm. more running on like a 5G edge, where it doesn't have to be bound by kind of the theoretical uh, speed of light to travel right. from server and back, mm -hmm. right? That's true. Um, so just those kind of edge cases you mentioned. Yeah, edge, really edge computing. Edge computing. Industrial IoT is another right. one that they right. talk about a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, on another topic of 5G, you know, there's a lot of news not on the technology, but around the perception of the technology. Obviously with Huawei and their kind of troubles um, uh, getting their technology into some of the Western countries. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think this is just a uh, escalation of the trade war between the two countries. Right? <laughs> I think uh, either it was Huawei or Google or ARM, they are just the companies kind of entangled in the kind of more political kind of fight between the countries. Yeah. So I, I don't really have more insight on we are more technology company. But I think yeah. what we can enable is really kind of uh, uh, ubiquitous connectivity, yeah. right? It doesn't matter which technology you use underneath, mm -hmm. but we can enable kind of true peer-to-peer -peer connectivity right. uh, regardless of the country or the uh, the physical technology used underneath. Yeah. Would you say NKN's kind of decentralized nature protects against those kind of uh, risks in the future? If, you know, say a rogue state wants to ban some kind of connectivity technology, is a decentralized solution the right way to, to ensure that? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I don't know if we have a good answer for that. Uh, I, what I would say is like, yeah, we are a global network and we're decentralized in that, that regard. So, you know, and we allow people to run all kinds of data over our network, regardless of, you know, what countries and stuff that go around there. So, um, you know, what people choose to do with it, that's up to them. Right. 
And also, uh, we have recently implemented uh, uh, more security and privacy features. Mm -hmm. So now all our traffic uh, between the clients are encrypted end to end, and also hop to hop, we can also encrypt. Oh, so good. there are two levels of security we added to the system. Definitely. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So talking about additions to the system. Let's get to the real juicy stuff. <laughs> Your main net's launching this month. Congratulations on that. You're working pretty hard on that, yeah. Absolutely. So tell us more about uh, what, what this means for you guys as a project and what kind of things are you going to be releasing uh, with the main net. Right. So um, I think one of, of course, the main net is the main thing, mm -hmm. but we also want to have two kind of flagship to uh, products on top of it. Mm -hmm. So one is called the new kind of CDN, mm -hmm. and the other one is the PubSub. CDN right. is content, content delivery, delivery network. network. Yes. Yeah. So, so the, just to, for people to speed up their video streaming, basically, right? So uh, these two, I think, will be uh, in conjunction mm -hmm. with the mainnet. The reason is uh, uh, one of the analogy we have been using quite a bit is uh, Amazon didn't start with selling AWS, right? right? They started with selling books and CDs, which is not very sexy today. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the PubSub and uh, and CDN, a new kind of CDN is like today. But once that kind of shows. Not only technology is viable, but also it can actually have commercial success. Mm -hmm. Then I think it will ha attract more developers to build other type of application, network-centric application right. on top of our platform. Well, and, and to your point earlier about having like a, a holistic look at a, at a solution, we wanted applications that everyday people could access and use, yeah. you know, so they could actually get a feel for how things run on the NK network. Uh, I think uh, for, for this year, I think we want to make sure the mainnet is actually performance and uh, also uh, very secure. Right. So that's kind of, there's still lots of things we will continue to work on uh, for the second half of this year. And for the two products that we are launching, we want to generate real revenue, right? Because uh, once we, uh, those revenue will probably come in fiat. Right. And then we can use those fiat to purchase the token and then to incentivize the miners further, right? Or the miners who will uh, run those microservices, right? So then we enable kind of, uh, we call it a SaaS market, mm -hmm. like, uh, cause, uh, but it's a little bit too technical, but maybe like everybody can sell software service uh, on our platform, right? right. That way I think it's kind of medium to longer term view. Yeah. So uh, if the, uh, the, uh, the product we launch are CDs and music, then I think this kind of software as a service market will become our uh, Amazon Web uh, Marketplace or AWS. Yeah. So I'm really teaching them, you know, you can build revenue generating uh, applications using our CDN, right. using our technology. Um, you know, how do you, how do you kind of engage with uh, people that come to you with those kind of questions? What's the, what's the cycle? Uh, so I think first we, we want to show them how to make money by uh, uh, making money uh, from our own products, right? And then we, we can say, okay, see, we already have this model as a template you can actually do something similar because our, our imagination is only limited to the small team we have, right? But your imagination is limitless. But without a template or example, then people's imagination will be too wild and then they cannot focus, right? We'll say, okay, yes, you can do uh, like uh, gambling on our platform, but that's not the use main use key we'll target for. Right? Right, right. We are networking centric, which you need a lot of kind of client-to-client -client communication. If it's real-time data or if it's like a low latency data, this is perfect solution, right? But maybe not for like a financial FinTech type of uh, like application. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Alan and Bruce a lot for stopping by and joining the IOTOX podcast. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of NK and IOTOX uh, collaborations in the future. Yeah.